Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Coming up on NBA Today, Joel Embiid. He did something that has not been done in more than 50 years. Is he well on his way to his second straight MVP after what he did to the best defense in the league? Plus, the Lakers, the Clippers, they are on different sides of streaks right now. Are the Lakers letting LeBron James down? And are Kawhi and the Clippers poised for a title run? And we reveal the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame nominees for the class of 2024. I can't wait for that. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. She is Shanae Agumake. He is our senior writer, Brian Windhorst. She is the two-time WNBA champ, Becky Hammond. Kendrick Perkins, the one and only, is here with us, my friends. We yeah. have so much to get to in this show. I mean, Joel Embiid, he made a huge statement last night. We're going to get to that in all of its glory, but we start our show on this fine Thursday in Chicago, where LeBron James and the Lakers, they tried to get off their recent slide, but don't overlook Chicago. I know this was circled as on the Lakers calendar here as a game potentially that they could get. They have been playing some great basketball. You know who else has been? LeBron James, Perk. Absolutely. He's the only one outside of Anthony Davis that has been playing great. Oh! 39 years of age. He, I think he, at 38, he'll be 39 yeah. in a couple of days. Yeah, just a couple of days. Yeah. Nine days away. Christian Wood, uh, he was appreciated that as well. Let's go ahead to the third quarter here. LeBron doing a little bit of everything for the Lakers. Meanwhile, Torian Prince misses the three. Vucevic to Kobe White. A little outlet pass. Throws it down on the other end, Cheney. Look, the Bulls started cooking, and that's the thing. When the Lakers start bleeding, their opponents are seeing, sh- you know what, sharks. They become sharks <laughs> in the water. Nah, 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 and nah, they nah. feed off of it. DeMar DeRozan going to work, elevates over Austin Reeves and gets that one to go. The Lakers, they lose once again, 124-108. DeRozan had 27. Here's LeBron James. It's a combination of everything. I mean, it's the emotional fatigue, it's the physical fatigue, it's the the grind of the season fatigue. And then uh, when you're not winning, obviously, that's the frustration fatigue. So, With different bodies coming in and out of the lineup, you, you, you have to have some sort of consistency with something. You can't just keep on a whim change. That's a big deal when you change the starting lineup at this level. And so uh, we want to try to be consistent as possible. So 25-10-9 for the LeBron last night. That's one assist shy of a, of a triple-double. And we get nights like this from LeBron, it feels like almost every night. And we keep saying it, it's incredible that he's playing in year 21 at this level. So I guess, Perk, my question is, do you feel like the Lakers are letting LeBron down with the way he's been playing? Uh, I wouldn't say the organization. I would say David Ham takes a little blame in this. But I'm looking at the players, right? Rui has to elevate his game more and be more consistent. Uh, Austin Reeves has been great off the bench. Cam Reddish, he now, you know, they're giving him an opportunity. He needs to be more consistent. But it's about D'Angelo Russell. It's about D'Angelo Russell. And right now, I would trade D'Angelo Russell for a box of Christmas scented candles. What? Okay? <laughs> and a lifelong supply of Christmas lights. That's how horrible he's been. Look at this in December. 8.7 points per game. 
We're talking about D'Lo, a guy that could go out every single night and get you a dub. The Lakers need scoring. They need to take the pressure off LeBron, need pressure to be taken off Anthony Davis. And, you know, without with Gabe Vincent being out, obviously he returned last night. You got to look at D'Angelo Russell because he's been too inconsistent, right? The Lakers already don't play with enough pace because he played too much East and West. So I'm looking at D'Angelo Russell, and he got to get it together. Yeah, you know, it was two weeks ago today, guys, that they played that game against the Pelicans mm-hmm. where they – obliterated them by 40 points, and it was one of the more impressive uh, performances I've seen in the regular season in a while. And I watch him last night, and it's like almost not even the same team. And I understand that over the course of the NBA season, you're going to get ups and downs. But I can't understand the way their focus was just so different in this game. I mean, this is a game they had to get. And I know the Bulls are playing better without Zach Levine. They've won 7 out of 10 without him now. But the Bulls are, a, are right now a good three-point shooting team. Yeah. And they were just letting them have open threes early in this game. And I respect what Darvin Ham is saying about sort of rejecting the field to just change the starting lineup because they're struggling. But this team gets down over and over and over and over early. And it's just hard to, to square watching them play in the in-season tournament watching them play games like we've seen in the last few weeks. You're right, you're right, Wendy, because it's one thing to not be able to make threes being 28th or so in the NBA for the Lakers. It's another thing to give up 18 threes, yeah. which means that's the tide for the most they've ever given up. So their defense hasn't been there, but there's been this idea floating around about mental fatigue. Yeah, and we all play, exactly, and we night. all play, you know, we all, you coach as well now. Mental fatigue is real, especially when it's an 82-game 80, season. But when you lose to the Spurs, the Knicks, and the Bulls, if I'm in that locker room, I'm mad. If I'm LeBron James and I'm continuing to push the, you know, the envelope and get triple doubles, I'm mad. It doesn't matter that it's December. Like, if you're trying to get back to where you were not too long ago, Western Conference Finals, you got to get one of those games. Spurs had lost 18 in a row. Knicks are playing their fourth game in six nights without their starting center. Bulls are playing without Zach Levine. I mean, I know they've been playing better uh, on a must-win on this road trip. Like, they really don't have an excuse for losing all three of those games. Maybe you lose one. Not really an excuse for the Lakers to lose all three. I just think at the end of the day, they don't have enough. I mean, LeBron has been brilliant, and you're asking him to be brilliant every night, even to just have a chance. Yeah. And as a coach, I can tell you, the most frustrating thing is not knowing what you're going to get in a night-in and night-out basis. Mm-hmm. And this is why they're an average team. Great teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat. This team, you could beat, you know, uh, the, the Clippers one night and then lose to D.C. the next night. Whatever. Whatever scenario you want, you don't know what you're going to get. You can mm-hmm. be the best team or the worst team, and that's super frustrating. But at the end of the day, LeBron's laid out this table, and they are waiting for someone to tap, step up, take the fork, put it in a piece of steak, and go eat because he <laughs> sets a marvelous table. That was that was a perkism right there. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. ready to bar that one. And the thing is, it doesn't get any easier because if you look at their upcoming <laughs> schedule here, what the Lakers are facing, right, they're the BPI underdogs in six of their next seven <laughs> games here. But you're saying that they don't have enough. So what can they do here, Brian? So so what I'm, what I'm wondering if the Lakers are talking about internally is the, which team are we really? Are we the team that was in the play-in last year that was sort of, you know, strike struggling throughout the whole season, like basically a 500 team for most of the year? Or are we the team that was in the playoffs last year that pulled all those upsets? Are we the team that was that team in the in the play, in the in-season tournament this year? Which are we? Because if you are just a 500 team, which is what their record says they are, then that affects decision making one way. Yeah. But I know that I know the way the Lakers feel. The Lakers feel that they have the two things that you need to win in the NBA: superstars 
and defense. They believe when they're at their best, they have those two things and they can win. And so I don't think they want to change. I think they want to believe that they have enough. But the results, like Coach is saying, are making you think otherwise. But, but, but you look at the guys, right, that, that provided defense for them last year, right? We saw Rui and stretches in the postseason where he was assigned to Jokic. Now he wasn't going to stop Jokic, but I thought Rui elevated his game. We saw the energy, the high motor that Jared Vanderbilt brought to the table, okay? And then I think about those guys and what happened this offseason. Mm -hmm. What happened was they got a bankroll. They got paid. And you could always judge a player on – before he get paid and after he get paid, is he going to get? Is he going to be satisfied, or is do he still want more? Do he still have that hunger? Yeah. I don't see that right now out of the Lakers. And here's one more thing. Go ahead. You know what's funny though, Perk? They got paid, but Darvin Ham is playing minimum guys ahead of him. He's playing Torian Prince and Cam Reddish in starters ahead of those. Because he need energy. But here's another thing. LeBron laid it all out on the line when it came down to the in-season tournament. We had discussions about how so he did was a, Right, right. <laughs> AD, I'm okay. I no, no, I'm saying, but LeBron was taking charges, oh, yes. doing oh, it yeah. all Three like charges. it was the finals. We haven't seen so, that. He gave those guys in the locker room a taste of how it feels to win a championship. Yeah, it wasn't the NBA championship, but if I'm a young fella in that league that doesn't sure. really have the hardware, then I want more. I'm, I want to be greedy. So here's the good news for the Lakers. The good news is AD has had a double-double in 15 straight games. That's tied to the longest streak in his career. The bad news is tonight against the Timberwolves, who have been the number one defense in the NBA. LeBron James is out with ankle tendinitis. So can you just shed some light on how LeBron is thinking about all this right now, Brian? Yeah, so this is mostly a, a back-to-back maintenance-related. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think that it's a serious injury. He obviously played very well last night. Um, he skipped a game last week against San Antonio as well. Um, but I think LeBron is frustrated that – the team hasn't carried over its success. Because if you look at the way he's played, he's continued to play at a high level. Okay, yep. maybe he's not taking three charges a game like he was. <laughs> he's continued to play at a high level. He hasn't seen the same high level from the rest of his team. And I think if you looked at his comments last night, I think, you know, you could see that. The other thing is, this is a great opportunity for them tonight to play. They're now not expected to win. The Wolves coming home after losing in Philly last night. Yep. The Wolves are one of the best home teams in the league this year. LeBron's not playing you would not expect them to win. So the Lakers actually have an opportunity tonight without LeBron to make a statement to LeBron that, would, that could make a big difference in this next stretch coming up. Right, that says, hey, we understand. We see what you are doing, and we're ready to level up alongside you. You mentioned Philly, though. We have waited long enough. Still to come on NBA Today, the reigning MVP. I mean, my goodness. Do we call that a 50-piece spicy wing dinner perk? I don't know. We can call it Philly cheese steaks. <laughs> Big perk. Buys something. Maybe it includes Philly cheesesteaks. Plus, the Clippers, they are the hottest team in the league after their ninth straight win against Luka and the Mavs. Becky and Chanae, they're diving into the tail of the tape. You're not going to want to miss that. And Chanae. In, in New York. York. Oh, yeah. That's the concrete jungle where the Knicks are rolling. They're on the cusp, potentially, of becoming contenders in the East. We have an update on Mitchell Robinson as well. More NBA Today after this. I wasn't ready, sis. <laughs> ready to do a vocal warm-up. Me, 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 me. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. 
every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Butler, a part of a sign-in trade with... NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. Brian, I know you had this one circled. The Timberwolves and oh, the 76ers. Boy. Joel entered the night as the NBA's leading scorer. The Timberwolves, of course, the top scoring defense. Joel, he ate. My goodness, he loves the top of the key because he can't get double, but also he's too strong so he can get to the rim. But I love that mid-range. Nobody can guard it right now in the NBA. Why was this the one that you were keeping an eye on, Brian? Because the Wolves the number one defense in the league. And the performance that he put on in this game, I know we're talking about December. It was historic. Third quarter here. Sixers down by three at this point. Embiid gets the ball. Baseline. Ooh, a little reverse jam. Quick spin from Embiid there, Perk. The footwork and the authority. <laughs> and then under 30 seconds to go in the third. All tied up at 87. Embiid drives. Who's got four guys there? Yeah, who, who's going to step in front of that, yo? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> They know, but ready for those vocals. We've been talking about the two-man game today between Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. Really, they haven't missed a step. That's they, over Rudy Gobert. They combined for 86 points, y'all. One of the best, if not the best duo right now playing basketball in the NBA. So emotional. Let's go, Tyrese. Oh, yeah, I like that. Hey. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Another, another fine cut. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Over the double. Over Rudy once again. Swish. You know that one is good. Embiid now at 46 points in this one. And then Tyrese Maxey once again back out to Joel Embiid. You know that's good. He's at 48 at this point. And then going ahead under two minutes to play here. Embiid at the line. Misses that one. Paul Reed gets the rebound. He would finish with 51 points and 12 rebounds. The 76ers get the win, 127-113. Here's what it sounded like after the game. Stats are great. And, you know, it's good to put up stats. Uh, but, you know, if he comes with, that, with a loss, you know, that's a different story. But, you know, if he comes with a win, of course, he, you know, is, uh, you know, it's a lot. It means, you know, whatever. But, you know, that's, uh, nah, to me, that's not too much of an accomplishment. So Embiid is the third player in the last 60 years to record 50 points and 10 rebounds at least against the number one defense that joins 2006 Kobe Bryant versus the Rockets and then 1987 Michael Jordan against the Hawks. And Perk, I'm hearing maybe you spied something last night out of the reigning MVP. I'm Kendrick Perkins, better known as Big Perk, and nothing gets past me. Freeze! Just when you thought it did get past me, there I am. I spy a problem. I spy it all. Tear the hell off. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I spied a problem, a big problem. And not only did I spy the problem, I spied the best. And here's the best. Not the best of the Eastern Conference, the best player in the Eastern Conference, but the best player in the league, Joel Embiid. Look at this. 
We compare him to Akeem Olajuwon, but this is the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year. Look at him getting back on his heels, a little mini, as Sinead would say, yes, up sir. in his face. Here he go again. Same play. Come here, Rudy. Uh, you too small. Tomato chest, little left hand layup, calling for the flop. He can't guard me. Look at Rudy. Somebody help him up. Here we go again. This is a double team. He's scared to step up. Ah, I'm going to snatch the screws out the basket. This is what you do when you're the best. You go out there and you shine like new money against the number one ranked defense in the league and one of the best defenders at your position. Man, I always yes, love a good eye spy with you, Big Perk. Uh, Brian, with all of that as the background, what statement do you think Joel Embiid made last night? Did you see in Perk? Oh, he spied it. <laughs> Perk, did you see that graphic that we had up a minute ago? He sees it all. About... 50 points against the number one defense, and it was Jordan in 87. We're talking about prime Chuckville Jordan when he had, didn't have Pippen, scoring like crazy. And Kobe in 2006 when he was in prime post-Shaq Chuckville, okay? Do you see what that says? That is serious right there, okay? And Embiid being able to do this in a game that he knew that was important like that is awesome. And, you know, Kobe and Jordan weren't necessarily playing against the best defender at their position in those games. This is the best defender at his position. He put 50 on him. And I'm going to tell you, this mid-range shot that you were just showing, Perk, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do when a 7'3 guy is hitting that mid-range shot? You can't do anything about it. And the, the Sixers have something going here. Joel absolutely crushes teams in the first quarter and the third quarter. Mm. And if you're lucky to hang around in the fourth quarter, Tyrese Maxey kills you. Maxey kills in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. They have this incredible rhythm between them. And what do you do when a guy who's like this size, you, if you get up on him and he puts the ball on the floor, he's on the line. He's on the line. There's nothing you can do about it. If you stand back off him, he can make that shot. 11 mid-range jumpers. Look, if you told the, the Wolves before the game, hey, you're going to force Joel Embiid to take 11 mid-range shots, he'd be like... Hot damn, we got a great chance here. Contested, but you can't stop it. Contested by can't a 7-3 guy. Can't stop it. Look, going into the season, the Philadelphia 76ers had question marks. Joel Embiid's play has changed that to an exclamation point. Mm. He has been playing phenomenal basketball. He's playing the best basketball right now in the NBA and the best of his career. The last eight games, he's averaging 41 points and shooting 60% from the field. And you ask the question, like, how are you going to stop that? What are you going to do, put the double from behind? That's, like, never done in basketball. The reason why he's so successful, the first few years of his career, he was on the block, trying to do it in the down low. Instead, they brought everyone below him. He's at the top of the key, and so the double can't come. And if it does come, all he has to do is pa pass it out to Maxi. He knows he's right there. They have great synergy. MVP. MVP right now. Wait till they trade for some more shooters, because they probably are going to. Well, I can tell you, I used to have to make up scouting reports on how to guard him. <laughs> Pray? Was that what was at the top? Right. And, and he, he was really great with J.J. Redick. They'd run the whole first quarter actions for them, and they'd run this little pin down. Act. I mean, you do this, they do that. You do that, they do this. I mean, an exceptional reader. But at the end of the day, he shouldn't do his little brothers like that because that's what it looked like, a man amongst <laughs> boys. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, and here's what I love about him. His first foul yesterday was a shot right to Gobert's head. And it was a message, I'm coming right at you. And the good thing about Joel, I find, is that he backs his stuff up. He's not the guy that says, I'm going to go show up and then doesn't show up. This man shows up. He's like a great white shark, okay? When he decides he wants to eat you, there's nothing you can do, okay? It's <laughs> over. You can't foul him. And that's the biggest thing because he sticks that ball out there. 
and it's like sticking candy in front of a, a child. It's like you're going to swipe at it, and you're going to hit the ball. Mm. But then he's going to swing through, and eventually you're going to go down on that arm yep. and send him to the line. And when he gets to that free throw line and he's hitting that mid, I, yep. he's virtually unguardable. And I thought Minnesota, you know, they tried a couple different things. Sure. Zone, they, they, they crowded. No. He's a man amongst boys. When he is playing like this, I mean, you said it, and, and the odds reflect it. He is now the odds-on favorite right now to win MVP. Mm -hmm. And we have put a pause, a pin, in speaking about the MVP on this show thus far this year. It feels like with him continuing to play like this, we're going to have to take that pin right out. And if he wins another MVP, actually right now, Joel Embiid, he might find himself here one day in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. They have announced the list of eligible candidates for the class of 2024. And we here on NBA Oh, yes! have the honor of revealing the nominees. So here's a look at the women being nominated. Simone Augustus. Let's go, Simone, my former coach. Jennifer Azy. Stanford in the house. Sorry, guys. Among the greats <laughs> included here on this list in this group. And here are the contributors category as well. Some incredible names. The entire class of 2024, it will be unveiled during the NCAA Final Four. That is on April 6th, so set your calendars there. And enshrinement weekend, it will be Friday, August 16th. Congratulations to all of the nominees here. I mean, really just some incredible, incredible names, Brian. Yeah, there's some, there's some impressive people on there that I have a lot of respect for. So... Absolutely. 2024 nominees. We're going to continue to reveal them as our show rolls on. Also coming up on NBA Today, our first MVP straw poll, Chanae. Yes. It was released, Chanae. Today, Chanae. Fewer <laughs> <laughs> 100 NBA experts have Joel Embiid on their list. We know where Chanae has him. Correct. Back-to-back -back MVPs for the third straight time. And the Clippers, I mean, hot. They are the hottest team in the league thanks to Kawhi's stellar play. We have his former coach here to break down what she's seeing from the rejuvenated star. Plus, we have more names coming for our Naismith Hall of Fame class of 2024. Find out the nominees to join the ranks of basketball legends. That's next. Don't go anywhere. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Mm. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Butler, a part of a sign-in trade with... Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. That man that you just saw is now officially eligible for the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, Vince Carter. He will headline the list of eligible candidates for the class of 2024, and we have the honor of revealing those names right here on NBA Today. So here's a few faces you may recognize and the list of nominees. We're going to start with Bill Lambeer, the two-time champion, member of the Bad Boy Era Pistons. Bill was a four-time All-Star in the NBA, not to mention three WNBA titles. 
as a head coach. And then another Pistons legend and current Lasers head coach, Chauncey Billups, Mr. Big Shot, five-time All-Star, Finals MVP who led Detroit to an upset title over the Lakers in 2004. Oh man, that shot. Also, Sean Marion, the Matrix, four-time All-Star, member of the Mavs 2011 title team. His versatility as a small ball four unlocked the seven seconds or less Suns. Here's a list of the rest of the North American nominees. It also includes a 2008 USA Olympic Redeem team. Remember, that squad was led by Coach K. It included LeBron, Kobe, Dwayne Wade, among many others. They took home gold in the Beijing Summer Games. You can see all the nominees here. Congratulations to everyone who is nominated for the class of 2024. All right, a couple of Knicks players, Jason Kidd, Carmelo Anthony, they were a part of that redeemed team. So we're going to stay with the Knicks here. They defeated their crosstown rival, the Brooklyn Nets, on Wednesday night behind 26-7-4 from Julius Randle. Dante DiVincenzo, he added 23 points to help notch New York's first win in Barclays Center in four years. Now the team remains without Mr. Robinson, who had surgery on his left ankle last week. So Robinson, he posted this on social media, if we could show. Um, he said, I quote, just don't get it. I do everything I'm asked when it comes to my body. And still this happens. Another year, another disappointment. It's kind of heartbreaking. Brian, it looks like the Knicks are preparing to be without Mitchell Robinson for quite some time here. What more can you tell us? Yeah, so they did apply for a disabled player exception yesterday. They filed the paperwork with the league, which implies that he could miss the rest of the year. However, I am told that they're still going to reevaluate him in eight to ten weeks. But if you get a disabled player exception from the league, you have to use it by March 10th. And they're not going to probably have him back before March 10th, no matter mm. what happens. So it's not impossible that you could see Mitchell Robinson back this year, but the Knicks have to prepare for the contingency that he won't be. That said, don't assume that the Knicks are like going to you know, go crazy right. here. They already had a traded player exception from trading Obi Toppin, and they are kind of up against it on the hard cap. They're hard cap because they signed Dante DiVincenzo. And Isaiah Hartenstein has been really good as their backup. Yeah. He's, He's been going great. To starter. And Jericho Sims, who had been starting a place with Robinson, should be back in a week or so. They seem to be doing fine. They're winning games yeah. without their centers. So it's not the end of the world, but obviously Mitch was huge for them, uh, especially on the offensive glass. Yeah, he led the NBA in offensive rebounds. He was a defensive stalwart for them. But, Becky, it feels like with or without Mitchell Robinson, we've talked about it a lot on this show, where the Knicks are in terms of tiers in the East. And it's hard to see them getting into that top tier that includes uh, Philadelphia, that includes Boston, that includes the Milwaukee Bucks. So how stuck do you think the, the Knicks are here in the Eastern Conference? Well, I certainly agree with you. They're not getting into that tier. Um, they don't have enough personnel. They don't have the manpower um, that they need to hang with those guys. Um, I think you're going to get a, a consistent team like they've been. They're a pretty good team. They're, they're well coached. They're going to be on their defensive game. But at the end of the day, they don't have a dude. you got to have a dude. you got to have a 1A dude. And they're missing that at the end of the day if, if we're just getting down to brass taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want to disagree with Becky today, but they do have that dude. Who? Jalen Brunson. No, he's too small. But here's the thing, and that's that's. <laughs> Did they say about but, you? But you know they what? They say that about you. But you're you, a hall of you know I got a philosophy. But, Can I say my philosophy? Go ahead. If your best player is small, you're not winning. John Stockton, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash. You could go down the list. Steph, Steph Curry, Curry. <laughs> is the only yes. 
because but he's we not all, that small. But he, but he's he, not that small. He's like six three. But he's but also small. though, I mean, he's <laughs> the greatest shooter to ever walk the planet. He's he's in an, he's in an yeah, outlier. Class. Okay. She but, but, but is see, but, right. But, History says she is right. Uh, okay, but but we're living in a new age. Okay, new day. And here's the thing. This is coming from when, a big man. When, when we think about Jalen Bronson, we got to ask ourselves, what tier do we put him in, right? Because every single time I see him get between those lines and it's time for him to match up against other superstars across the floor, he give them that work and he stand on business. Now, do the results come out as a win when it comes down to the Knicks overall? But, but hold on. Stay with me. Stay with me. I watched him go on the Phoenix a couple weeks and hand them 50. I watched him come down. Right after that, I watched him bounce back, come to L.A. and give them a, a, a solid 29. When we watched that series last year, Jalen Brunson against the Miami Heat before they were eliminated, he was giving, he was going back and forth with Jimmy Butler. He was, I saw a couple of 35-plus point nights. So my thing is, I know – it's, it's he's not the typical, you know, I can be. Is he the, he, is he the person that's going to win you a championship as 1A? This is what I'm saying. All I know is is that the last time Luka Doncic had success in the postseason and went to a conference finals, it was paired up alongside Jalen Bronson. What I'm telling – But but that's the thing. It was Luka what, and Jalen. It was a combo because Jalen had his moments in there as well. I think that's all that something. Becky is asking for. Something. Is a as combo. somebody who used to drop buckets as a small person, in that <laughs> that's what I was bar. trying to remind you of, Becky. <laughs> if, as a person that used to get some buckets, <laughs> I'm saying this as a small person. This is this is a this is a game that the big and bold and te- it favors. That God-given thing. And I love Jalen Brunson. I love Jalen Brunson. But you're going to put him on on the level of a 1A. You're putting him with Giannis, AD, Steph, Tatum. I'll tell you what. What level are we putting Donovan Mitchell at? What level do we put Devin Book at? Well, and how is Donovan Mitchell one in the biggest moments? What you mean? What biggest moments? What what biggest moments? Well, what he's, biggest moments has done the Vim- What the has let me ask you this? What, let me ask you, let me ask you, okay, but let me ask you this. How far, what's the furthest Donovan Mitchell ever advanced in the postseason? I believe the second round. Okay. Jalen Brunson went to a Western Conference Finals. Jalen Brunson went to the Knicks, beat Donovan Mitchell against when he played the Cavs last season, and then came back and lost to the Heat, who went on to knock off not only Giannis before they met up with the Knicks, but they went to knock down the Boston Celtics. But Jalen Brunson did his thing. R.J. Barrett and Julius so, Randle was not. So, are you saying that he's a one, no, a one in the uh, NBA? All I'm saying is we got to stop looking at him and saying he doesn't fit the criteria of actually being a 1A. That's, I understand. He though, I understand he has a whack. years I basketball I in the NBA. I understand. And this, it's, not a, knock, it's not a knock on Brunson. It's just the way things are currently constructed. Okay, if you swap the two, since everybody said, oh, the Knicks need a superstar. The Knicks need this. If Dang was in... Jalen Brunson's shoes, would the Knicks be better? No. If Donovan Mitchell was in Jalen Brunson's shoes, would the Knicks be better? Hell no. So why are we not putting him in that caliber? But are we putting the Knicks in that tier? Because at the end of the day, Jalen Brunson, he wants to win a championship like everybody else. And we're talking about the East. We're really talking about those three teams and everybody else. And the Knicks, they're right up there knocking on that door. But are you putting them in that tier behind Jalen Brunson? 
I'll tell you what, I got more confidence in the Knicks right now than I do the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, that's a good thing that we get to see them square off on Christmas Day. <laughs> Big Perk, five games as our tradition continues <laughs> on ESPN and ABC. <laughs> the Bucks, the Knicks, they start off the day. You taking the Knicks in that one? Yeah. All right, that's it. They're in the garden, right? And yeah, and then the I Warriors. I might go to the game. The Nuggets. Um, you're going to be here. Yeah, oh. what are you studio, talking about? That's fine. The Sixers, <laughs> the Heat, the Mavs, Suns, every year, some of the best matchups in the association. I can't wait for that. All right, let's get back to Joel Embiid because he says he's eyeing not just one, but multiple MVPs. Does the recent NBA straw poll bode well for the big man's potential second consecutive award? Plus, hear from Joel. That's coming up next. Butler, a part of a sign-in trade with. You're watching NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. All right, friends, let's revisit our top performance of last night. Joel Embiid, he had 51 points and 12 boards in a big win over the Timberwolves and the league's number one defense. But not only have the Sixers won seven of nine here, Embiid is averaging 41 points on 61% shooting in eight games. He is the third player in NBA history to average 40 points on 60% shooting over an eight-game span, joining Wilt and Kareem. I mean, look at his numbers in the month of December. And if you thought that stat was crazy, this is pretty wild. For the entire season, Embiid is averaging more points than minutes played through 24 games. I mean, think about that. Only three players have done that this late into the season in the shot clock era. It's Wilt, it's Harden, it's Giannis. But of course, and we've talked about it before on this show, right? This team, it's not just measured by what it does in the regular season, their domination there, and Joel Embiid knows that. And he explained this to our NBA reporter, Tim Bontemps. Tim, what more can you tell us about your conversation with Joel Embiid? Malik, as you just laid out, Joel Embiid is in maybe the best stretch of what's already a really impressive career, but he has his eyes set on bigger targets, namely winning multiple MVPs and multiple championships. The things that he has said over and over again are the things that determine all-time greatness in the NBA. I asked Embiid why those MVPs and titles are the things he's determined as being the benchmarks for greatness. Here's what he had to say. To be the best, you got to have a bunch of championships and, you know, have a bunch of different individual awards. So, you know, that's why, you know, my goal is to be the best. And I understand that to be the best, you have to have something to, you know, show, from, you know, something to show. And, you know, that means championships, that means, bunch, you know, MVPs, that means, well, I don't know, whatever else it was, is the defensive player of the year, six, I don't know, six, I don't know, anything. As you hear there, obviously, Joel is feeling like this is the kind of thing he needs to do, winning championships, winning MVPs, to put himself in that all-time great category. Got an MVP last year, but as you said, Malika, we'll see what these guys can do in the spring, in the playoffs. They could get farther in the second round, something Joel has not done yet in his career. Yeah, those are some pretty lofty goals that Joel just laid out. And, and speaking of MVP, the, the first installment of your an, annual straw poll, it came out today, where you take stock in where the MVP race sits right now. What did you learn from that? Well, we learned that Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic Malika once again are way out in front of the field mm. in this MVP race. I thought potentially coming into this season after those two guys finished first and second the last three years, Jokic winning the first two times, Embiid winning last year, that there might be a little voter fatigue. And maybe with the amount of incredible performances we've seen across from the league, guys like Giannis Tedekupo, Shea Gilles Alexander, Luka Doncic, in particular LeBron James, who just led the Lakers to the in-season tournament championship, has been healthy. I thought he might get a lot of support, but instead we saw what we've seen over and over again. 
Jokic and Embiid at the top of the charts in the MVP race, and with Joel dominating the way he's been right now, not really a surprise that he's out in front. But as you've seen with the two of them over the past several years, it's probably going to come down to what happens in their matchups later on in the season yeah. to determine how this thing shakes out. But for anybody that thought there might be a new flavor in the <laughs> month for the MVP race, doesn't look like that's the case right now. Yeah, purely anecdotally, it felt like this is as wide open as the MVP race has been in years. But once again, we are seeing Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic up there at the top. Tim Bontemps, thank you very much. I do want to check in on what the odds makers have to say here because Embiid has vaulted up the leaderboard, right? He's moved into that top spot for the first time this week off of the strength of his hot December here. Now we continue to reveal the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame nominees. They've announced the list of eligible candidates for the class of 2024. We have the honor of releasing these names throughout our show. So let's take a look at the international category here. Look at my coast, Coach David Blatt. We got Jazz Great as well. Andre Kirilenko included on the list. Etre Messina. There you go. One of the greatest European Absolutely. coaches ever. Still going too. We mentioned the 2008 Redeem team earlier. Here are the veterans nominees list that includes the 1936 and 72 U.S. Olympic teams. The entire class of 2024 will be unveiled during the NCAA Final Four on April 6th. Some incredible names here. Enshrinement weekend. It will begin on Friday, August 16th. Those celebrations are always. Butler a part of a sign and trade with. Okay. The Clippers are red hot, winning their ninth straight game versus Luka in the Mavs last night. Kawhi took over in the fourth, finishing with 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. Clippers, they're rolling. It is time now for Setting the Pick, brought to you by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. So first up, Becky, the Clippers, the Thunder tonight. The Clippers are looking to win their 10th straight. Who you got in this one? Clippers winning. Clippers winning. They're in mode they've figured it out they have buy-in right and I, I always said like at the end of the day you can you can buy the great players and you can get them all in there you can't buy chemistry mm. I think I said it yesterday and now they're figuring out what it takes to win the fact that you know James Harden is willing to get 17 and 12 17 yep. and 11 and all of them have figured out okay maybe none of us are averaging 35 which by the way any three of those guys could <laughs> if they wanted to they're that good um, but they've bought in and said, hey, everybody around 25, 26, 27, everybody that has bought in, yep. they all get more. And that's what I tell the team. you got to keep giving because when you're two hands giving, i got eight other ones giving back to you. <laughs> so it works out better for everyone. See, and this is someone who knows Kawhi pretty well. Chanae, Magic at Bucks. Game time tonight? Uh, Bucks have won five straight. Yep. Coming off of a night where Giannis has a career high in assists and Dame is just Dame joining 20,000. I'm going with the Bucks. All Let's right. go Bucks. This is the big, big one tonight. This is the game of the night. Yes. Wendy, <clears throat> the Jazz at the Pistons. Ooh, Will Detroit <laughs> get out of their 24-game losing How streak? How could I pick a team that's lost 24 in a row? The Jazz are not <laughs> playing all their guys. I have to pick the Pistons because hey. the Jazz. Hey. The Jazz are sitting, Keontae George, Laurie Markkinen, Jordan Clarkson, Taylor Horton Tucker. If the, the Pistons don't get this done tonight with also the Jazz playing on a back-to-back, -back, I can't help them. I can't help them. The Pistons don't get it done tonight. The city. <laughs> Any disagreements, Perk? No, nah, no disagreement whatsoever. Right. But, I, you, you know, I'm going with the Timberwolves. Okay. By the way, you know what I'm saying, ESPN, big, big perk parlays come out every, you know what I'm saying, I believe Wednesdays and Fridays, you know what I mean? So 
you know, I, I, I gave y'all some hitters yesterday, but I'm going with the Timberwolves. No LeBron James tonight. Timberwolves coming off a loss. They headed back to the crib. Ant-Man Ant shows out in good fashion. Don't oh, worry. We're going to get into that more in our next block, but that's who we got. Who are you picking? Get the ESPN Bet app and get started. New customers get $200 in bonus bets once they place their first sportsbook bet with ESPN Bet. Before we bounce, Washington Wizards Kyle Kuzma re recently paid a visit to Genesee County Jail in his hometown of Flint, Michigan, sharing compassion and generosity with the incarcerated single mothers and their children in the spirit of the holiday season. Take a listen. Today we are here, Genesee County Police Department for the Ignite program. Ignite is something that's bringing education to these inmates. A lot of these women here are graduating and have done a phenomenal job of growth and self-development. Great job, congratulations. And they are rewarded with family time, visiting hours, family members, kids are all here and they don't really get this time a lot. And for them to have this time is extremely important. It's like, Kyla, this is all for you. Merry Christmas. And then also, we are unveiling Kyle Kuzma Family Foundation Corner, which is refurbishing and just elevating the housing here for women inmates that are very important here from a mentor standpoint and also want to do better in their lives moving forward. Here we go. Here we go. There's a lot of people that are not given the opportunities in life or being in certain situations in their life. So for me, and my foundation, it's extremely important that we give a helping hand. Just fantastic work there from Kyle Kuzma. Hey, just one game on the ESPN schedule tomorrow. Steph, the Warriors host Kyle Kuzma and the Wizards, who are finishing up a four-game West Coast trip. Jordan Poole, it's his return to Chase Center here. Coverage, it begins at 10 o'clock Eastern. Chance for him to get his lick back. Coming up on NBA Today, the Timberwolves. They will try to keep the Lakers from a bounce-back win tonight. We're going to tell you why the Lakers will be fighting an uphill battle versus Anthony Edwards in Minnesota. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Who says that? He's trying to get his lick back. <laughs> Butler, a part of a sign-in trade with... NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. Cleveland has to inbound in the backcourt here with yeah. one second remaining. James heads off. Fire. Ball game. He did it. LeBron James wins it for Cleveland. And that is like one of his patented moves. The fadeaway James. You said you'd get your butt kicked every time you're on national TV. Not tonight. We might need to have you here uh, a couple more times. Cassidy, give us that good luck charm. LeBron James, he's going to have to wait to add to his Rolodex of plays against the Wolves. He sits out the second night of a back-to-back -back the Lakers have tonight. This is the third game LeBron has missed this season. However, the Lakers are 2-0 without him so far this year. And we talked about it earlier on the show. Anthony Davis, he's been playing incredibly well, Perk. But as they head into Minnesota on the second night of a back-to-back, -back, do you think Davis is going to be able to step up to the challenge? You said they were 2-0. They'll be 2-1 after the night. Because, look, I, look, AD, I, I, he has no choice, right? He's going to go out there at the least get 20 and 10 because he's going to get his touches. 
We know that Kentucky, you know who's the best big to ever come out of Kentucky rivalry between him and Carl Anthony Towns is always there. So AD takes that personal along with Cats. It's just, it's the others around him. And AD is going to have to do an excellent job tonight of one, staying out of foul trouble. Because not only is Carl Anthony Towns going to be going at him, but he got to be careful with Anthony Edwards. He got to be careful with the kid McDaniels. He got to be careful with Nas Reed attacking him. So it's going to be interesting, but I got Minnesota. You said that this could be a game that the everybody else proves to LeBron that, no, we, we, we are here with you and for you. We talk about return Proving games. How about a return game for D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> D'Angelo Russell yeah. was cast off by the Warrior, by the by the Wolves last year, Wolves. and frankly, they've been much better for it ever since it happened. And so, if you're going to get off, uh, off of, out of the slump for D'Angelo Russell, why not do it in Minnesota, where they traded you last year? But you know who else wants to come out of a slump? The Timberwolves themselves, after getting the work from Joel and B, dropping 50 on them. I mean, this is the best defense in the NBA. Also, this is the best team by the standings in the West. And so they see the Lakers coming in without LeBron. Guess what? What, what was it? Like, fork in the, in the steak? What did you say, Becky? <laughs> this is going to be good eating for them. Well, well, they should. And this is the point. Like, now is your time to step to the table and get something done if you're those role players uh, for L.A. I would just want to give a quick shout-out, though, to Mike Conley because mm-hmm. he is the brains behind the business. Um, a guy that you can learn how to be a pro with your approach. And I think that, that veteran leadership that he provides it w- has been really good for their young guys. They're young, up-and-coming stars. I think yeah. he is an absolute stud winner um, in every sense of the word. So that's my love for Mike Conley. When, when you look at the Lakers' offense with LeBron and AD on the floor – they still would be in the bottom half of the league in offensive efficiency, Brian. And that's not their fault, yeah. but it is a problem. So last night, Torian Prince and Cam Reddish actually made threes because they seemed to run hot and cold. They made shots last night, and they still the Lakers still struggled offensively. And so one of the things you're looking at for Darvin Ham is do you boost some of the other players' minutes to try to maybe get something? Because they're, they're playing that starting lineup a lot of minutes. That starting lineup on a lot of nights isn't really delivering. You, you know, we... We talk about how AD and Braun need shooters around them to be able to operate on the offensive end for spacing. But think about this for a second. They need another playmaker for AD and Braun that's going to set the table for them. You know, they could have traded for Mike Conley last year, but. (laughs) Ooh. D'Angelo Russell can't have a stinker. He had a stinker last night. Correct. You got to come to play. Been having a stinker. It's decided between those four lines. Thanks so much for hanging with us.